Good day, friends, and welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. It is July 25th. My name is David McAdam, and we are letting the Bible teach us by carefully reading through every book in the Old and New Testament in the space of a year's time, doing it out loud a little bit each day. We are being blessed with an overview of the history of human redemption from God's point of view, and that in itself is quite significant. We cannot ignore the prophetic aspect of the Bible. Thus far, it has a perfect record of telling the future correctly. In fact, the God of the Bible challenges us to examine his record of accurate predictions. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. We are reading the second book of Chronicles, which gives an account of the kings of Judah. Today we will read of King Asa, one of the better kings of the southern kingdom. He certainly had a heart to be true to the Lord and was partially successful in purging Judah of its idolatries. His reign anticipates the reign of a king whose obedience would be much more devoted than any other son of David, that is, the Messiah. Let's pick up the story of Asa's reign as recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 14. Asa reigns in Judah. Second Chronicles chapter 14 Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. As Asa his son reigned in his place, in his days the land had rest for ten years, and Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars and the high places, and broke down the pillars and cut down the Asherim, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to keep the law and the commandment, he also took out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the incense altars, and the kingdom had rest under him. He built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, for the Lord gave him peace. And he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers, gates and bars. The land is still ours, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he has given us peace on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of three hundred thousand from Judah, armed with large shields and spears, and two hundred and eighty thousand men from Benjamin that carried shields and drew bows. All these were mighty men of valor. Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men and three hundred chariots, and came as far as Marisha. And Asa went out to meet him, and they drew up their lines of battle in the valley of Zephathah at Marisha. And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerar, and the Ethiopians fell until none remained alive, for they were broken before the Lord and his army. 
the men of Judah carried away very much spoil, and they attacked all the cities around Gerar, for the fear of the Lord was upon them. They plundered all the cities, for there was much plunder in them, and they struck down the tents of those who had livestock and carried away sheep in abundance and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. Chapter 15 Asa's Religious Reforms The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel was without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. In those times there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in, for great disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the lands. They were broken in pieces. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city. For God troubled them with every sort of distress. But you, take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. As soon as Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Azariah the son of Oded, he took courage and put away the detestable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and from the cities that he had taken in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the vestibule on the house of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin, and those from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who were residing with them. For great numbers had deserted to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. They were gathered at Jerusalem in the third month of the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. They sacrificed to the Lord on that day from the spoil that they had brought, seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul, but that whoever would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, should be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. They swore an oath to the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with horns. And all Judah rejoiced over the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and had sought him with their whole desire, and he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around. Even Makah, his mother, King Asa removed from being queen mother because she had made a detestable image for Asherah. Asa cut down her image, crushed it, and burned it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly true all his days, and he brought into the house of God the sacred gifts of his father and his own sacred gifts, silver and gold and vessels and there was no more war until the thirty-fifth year of the reign of Asa. Chapter 16, Asa's Last Years In the thirty-sixth year of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might permit no one to go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa took silver and gold from the treasures of the house of the Lord and the king's house, and sent them to Ben-Hadad king of Syria, who lived in Damascus, saying, There is a covenant between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. Behold, I am sending you silver and gold. Go, break your covenant with Basha king of Israel, that he may withdraw from me. And Ben-Hadad listened to king Asa, and sent the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel. 
and they conquered Ijan, Dan, Abelmayim, and all the store cities of Naphtali. And when Basha heard of it, he stopped building Ramah and let his work cease. Then King Asa took all Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah and its timber with which Basha had been building, and with them he built Geba and Mizpah. At that time Hanani the seer came to Asa the king of Judah and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. You have done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in the stocks in prison, for he was in a rage with him because of this. And Asa inflicted cruelties upon some of the people at the same time. The acts of Asa, from first to last, are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the thirty-ninth year of his reign, Asa was diseased in his feet, and his disease became severe. Yet even in his disease he did not seek the Lord, but sought help from physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers, dying in the forty-first year of his reign. They buried him in the tomb that he had cut for himself in the city of David. They laid him on a bier that had been filled with various kinds of spices prepared by the perfumer's art, and they made a very great fire in his honor. And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament passage from Second Chronicles. Let's take a few moments to review what we just read. We read about the reign of King Asa from the vantage point of the chronicler. The Lord gave him much success. In his days the land of Judah had rest for ten years. When we contrast his reign with that of the King of Kings, we see that the reign of Christ is far superior. Both his reign and the rest he provides are eternal. Asa did what was good and right in God's eyes, for the most part. He is reprimanded for seeking help first from the king of Syria for his wars with the northern kingdom of Israel in chapter 16 verses 2 through 6, and then for seeking help first from physicians when he had a serious foot disease in chapter 16 verse 12. The latter reprimand was not an indictment on physicians or seeking medical help. The problem was that he completely ignored seeking the Lord's help. He was prayerless and faithless in these actions. It is also important to note that many of the medical practices in Asa's day were mixtures of folk religion and occult treatment. Today we should ask the Lord in prayer for His power and for His wisdom as we responsibly seek healing and any necessary medical treatment. How did Asa handle being corrected by the word of the Lord? He resented it. He is angry with the prophet Hanani and puts him in stocks in prison. His rage was uncontrolled as he treated many others cruelly at that time. God used the prophets to encourage and to rebuke the leaders of Judah and Israel. We read of spirit-filled prophets like Azariah in 2 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 1 and Hanani in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 7 and their relationships with King Asa. Azariah offered encouragement. The Lord is with you while you are with him in 2 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 2. But you be strong and do not lose courage 
for there is reward for your work. In Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 7, the words of the prophet Azariah encouraged Asa to put away the detestable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin. What about your words? Do they promote courageous faith and holy living? Do you encourage others to enter into covenant with the Lord? In First Chronicles chapter 15, verse 12, Asa would not let natural sentiment get in the way of his fidelity to the revelation of God's righteousness. King Asa removed his mother from being queen because she made a detestable image for the pagan goddess Asherah. Now let's move on in our Bible tour to the New Testament book of Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 9, verses 1 through 24, God's sovereign choice. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, The older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. And this is the end of our reading from the New Testament epistle to the Romans. In Romans chapter 9, we read of Paul's great love for Israel. 
Remember that Paul's letter to the Romans is a pastoral epistle. It has doctrinal instruction plus pastoral application. He is communicating God's sovereign choice in electing Israel for his purpose of setting forth the covenant promise of the Messiah. Not only did he use Abraham's faith, but he also can use Israel's hardness of heart for his purpose. In this case, he is using the rejection of those who are natural-born sons of Abraham to bring the offer of salvation to the Gentiles, all the families of the earth, which was according to the original promise. The same heat from the sun can both melt wax and harden clay. So the Lord's ministry can work different results in differing heart conditions. In Malachi chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated, refers to the nations of Israel and Edom rather than to individual brothers. But Paul uses the Old Testament reference to illustrate God's sovereign choice in using those whom he chooses for his purposes. God chose Jacob to continue the family line of the faithful, but God did not exclude Esau from his love. He loved Jacob in a different way, giving him privileges in the plan, such as becoming the father of the great nation that God would use to bring the Messiah. God is sovereign, yet we must remember what kind of sovereign he is. He is good and he works for our good. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk his way, those who walk uprightly in Psalm 84 verse 11. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose. In Romans 8 verse 28, he is trustworthy. He will save all who believe in him even when we might not understand all his reasons. We know that he is faithful to his character and his word, and his choices are good. Now let's move on to the book of Psalms, the Bible songbook, to Psalm 19, verses 1 through 14. The law of the Lord is perfect. To the choirmaster, a psalm of David. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and, like a strong man, runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's reflect upon this wonderful psalm. 
the heavens speak of God's glory. No matter where you live and what language you speak, you can see God's glory in His creation of the starry heavens. Only the depraved heart of sinful man would choose to silence its declaration of God's supremacy and perfection in all things. Psalm 19 verses 1 through 6 speak of general revelation. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. Psalm 19 verses 7 through 9 speak of special revelation. General revelation, the intelligent design of the created universe, visible to all, speaks of God's power and wisdom. Special revelation, the propositional truth of God's written law, speaks of His character and His plan of salvation. The law is the moral standard by which we are judged and found wanting. It reveals that we need a Savior. Through the illuminating power of the Holy Spirit, the written word is God's instrument of revelation, converting and reviving the soul, making wise the simple, rejoicing the heart, enlightening the eyes, reflecting God's righteousness, and providing the means of cleansing through the atoning Lamb of God. Have you let God's creation speak to you of His glory? And have you understood that the law of God speaks to you of the fact that all have sinned and fall short of His glory? In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and that we all need the saving work of Jesus Christ. Now let's move on to the book of Proverbs and draw from the treasure chest of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Anyone who has seen a life ruined by alcoholism would have to agree. The writer of Proverbs tells it like it is. The formal parallelism shows the effects of intoxication, boisterous behaviors, aggressive and belligerent attitudes. The drinks are wine and beer made from grapes and grains in Leviticus chapter 10 verse 9, Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 26, and Isaiah chapter 28 verse 7. Strong drink implies its use for intoxication. Inebriation confuses the senses so that they are out of control. It makes no sense to drink to excess. Drunkenness is a sin. Now let's pray. O Lord, our God, thank you for your word that enables us by the Holy Spirit to behold your glory in Christ. The heavens declare your glory. Your word declares that we who fall short of glory can be received by you through faith in the gospel of your glory in Christ. And by trusting Jesus and his finished work of redemption, we are being transformed by one degree of glory to another by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for those who serve as present-day Hananias and Azariahs and bring us words of encouragement and correction. We pray that you, the Lord of the harvest, will send forth laborers into your harvest fields around the world. And today we ask that you bring conviction and conversion as your word is preached. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this wraps up our travels in the pages of the Bible today, and we look forward to continuing our journey tomorrow. If you have any questions or comments, we welcome them. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you would like to receive a written copy of our commentary, you can subscribe by going to our website, newlife.org, and learn more of our ministries. And we're looking forward to all that God is going to do 
especially to impact this new generation for Christ. God bless you all. Peace be with you.